Welcome to PowerNorth.ca. Today we talk to JL Hordsworth in part one of a two-part series. We're going to talk about uh, lifting here. In the next one we're going to cover his business with the Spot Athletics. This interview takes place with Jack O'Rourke, Shannon Larson, and Annetta Wilga at the Swiss Symposium 2015 in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we're going to pick it up in the middle of our conversation. What are you talking about tomorrow? Strength correctives. So, the big thing with it is, is I mean, the, like, I'm going to talk about a lot of background stuff about it, but basically, like, talk about, like, some simple um, weaknesses that we see in movements and, like, special exercises, how to correct them, and, like, how that, that for, like, athletes builds the armor for your athletes. So, a lot of background stuff, but then I basically give, like, a common squat flaw that you see, how to correct it, what's wrong with it, common deadlift flaw, and then I give, like, some special population stuff that are like special exercises you can do to build strength to basically the bottom line for and, and this is like I'm so fucked up but I'm strong so I can still function and like that's where like I feel like and that's what's talking about staying in your lane like a big part of my talk is going to be about how like strength coaches build strength physical therapists and ATCs deal with the rehab I don't need to know 10,000 fucking T-spine mobility drills because that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And so it's gotten to the point in at major universities and professional level where strength coaches don't do any fucking strength work anymore. They're just doing correctives and fucking stupid bullshit that, not that it's bad or not that it's useless, it's just not what they're supposed to be fucking doing. So now you see all these ACLs and Achilles injuries because they're not prepping the athletes by doing what the strength coach is supposed to be doing. They're doing what the rehab stuff. Well, guess what? If you treat a healthy athlete like they're fucking injured, guess what's going to happen? They're going to fucking get injured. Yeah. You know, it's like the parent that tells the kid they're fucking stupid all the time. Oops. Guess what they do? They don't do well in school. Yep. I mean, it's the same thing. So it's kind of talking about the background of that and just getting people to understand that they need to, like, do their job and stop trying to do everybody's job. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like this thing tomorrow. Like when I look at the everything that's going on, I look at like okay, the stuff that I want to hear is primarily going to be in the training well, yeah. section yeah. because that that's what I do. Now, not to say that I'm not going to find something in the treatment or the rehab or the nutrition stuff that I won't find interesting that I can't add in or learn more and expand. But I know at the end of the day what I'm an expert in and what I need to spend my time making people better at is the training side. Yeah. Not well, not like trying to be like the world's best nutrition expert because you can't be the world's greatest expert on all things strength and all things nutrition and all things rehab and you know mm-hmm. so people just need to stop trying to fucking be all those things. You don't have, I don't fucking know everything. Like if I have a medical question I call fucking Serrano or you mean like have people that know that stuff mm-hmm. and refer to them don't try to be all those people because all you're doing is you're going to be really not great at any of them. That's totally going to be the quote for this whole thing. It's fantastic <laughs> advice. Yeah. All right, so we'll do the official opening now. I'm, I'm going to edit the shit into this. Uh, Have we been recording this whole time? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. It's 
This uh, whole thing could pick up everything. Yeah, it's actually really, really high quality mic, and I'm super pumped because I got it for forty bucks. Uh, Father's Day sale that I bought for myself. Happy Father's Day. I thought you were gonna say like it fell off the back of a truck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a guy in a hoodie outside of a van, and <laughs> sound real legit. All right, so we got Jack, Anetta, Shannon, Shane. And our special guest today is JL Holdsworth here for the PowerNorth.ca podcast. We're at uh, the Swiss Symposium in Mississauga, Ontario. Uh, JL's traveled from the mythical land of Columbus, Ohio. We're uh, eating pizza because we can. Uh, Jack's going to go through a little introduction of JL and his uh, physical exploits. Uh, Jail's a little. He's a bit of a special case on many levels. Uh, we're going to do two episodes while we're here. We're going to do one on training because uh, he's a very successful strength athlete, and we're also going to do a business episode because Jail has built a uh, fantastic business called the Spot Athletics. We'll link to that, uh, and we're going to go through that and all the the pain and misery that he's gone through to make that successful. Uh, so, Jack, let's go. So, JL here is, of course, a Elite FTS team member. He served as a strength and conditioning coach at the University of Kentucky, which is also where he did master's work in coaching. And his best lifts include a 905 squat, 775 bench press, and an 804 deadlift. And he is now, as Shane said, the owner and operator of the Spot Athletics in Ohio. So, JL. Do you have anything to add about that for your introduction? Uh, no. I mean, that that's, you know, pretty good. I think, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I really ha- have gotten into the last couple of years, especially in is, is grip sport, which is a fun kind of very niche thing that probably, like, one person cares about. But it's, <laughs> it, it's fun. Like it. it's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, Odd, Odd cares about it a lot. But, yeah, no, it's it's that's kind of a fun thing. And. You know, I've trained uh, some jiu-jitsu and some MMA stuff, too, as well. So, done, like, a lot of, like, I, I enjoy a lot of strength sports and other, like, combat sports as well. Fantastic. Uh, you competed last year at the WPC Worlds for deadlift only, I think it was? Correct, yep. Yeah, what was your uh, what was your number there? Uh, I pulled, uh, I pulled, like, uh, not a real hard, like, 736 for the win. Uh yeah. You know, I think in competitions like that, you do what you got to do to win. So that was what I needed to win. So that's what I did. Fantastic. And how long has it been since you were on the platform before that? Because I think it was a while, wasn't it? Ten, uh, so I did uh, nationals, um, which was June of 2014. And uh, I hadn't competed since, uh, or I hadn't finished a meet since June of 2004. Uh, which was APF Nationals in Baton Rouge, which was a WPO qualifier. So I won that. Then I did WPO, but that's that's when I got uh, kind of had injured, didn't finish that meet. So I hadn't done a meet, really finished a meet since June of 2004. So it had been 10 years since, wow. since I'd finished a meet. So, so what uh, at that time, what drove you to get back on the platform? Uh, I mean, I kind of always, I mean, I wanted to be back on the platform, obviously, a lot sooner than that. But... Uh, Basically, you know, so I, in 2004, I herniated L5-S1. Um, you know, it, it got to the point for me where, like, I remember waking up one night and, and I had to use the restroom. Like, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night, you got to pee. 
uh, and I couldn't get out of bed. Like, I couldn't move. I was in so much pain that, like, I was literally crawling to the bathroom, which is not an awesome feeling when you're like, <laughs> I'm going to piss all over myself. And you're crawling to the bathroom. So, um, you know, so it, it was bad. And, you know, there was, uh, you know, I went and saw some different people. And they're like, oh, you know, surgeons, we got to get surgery. But I ended up rehabbing it and worked with a lot of different people. And, so then over the years, I kind of was start training for a meet and then push a little too hard and, and kind of would go back. And then I started my business. Um, and when I started my business, you know, it was, you know, hundred hour weeks. And so like doing a meet at that point wasn't, so it kind of got to the point where business kind of got smoothed out and the body, you know, had been feeling good for a while and I'd, I'd really been itching to get back on platform. So, uh, it, it that 10 year thing was kind of odd and I was like, I'm fucking getting back on the platform. It's 10 years. So it was good. It felt really good. Awesome. So you have a large background in, in strength and coaching. Uh, what initially got you, let's say the young high school JL, why did he start uh, lifting? So it's funny. Like I, I always remember this, uh, a buddy of mine, Joe from Brooklyn. Uh, I was, I mean, best man in, in his wedding a couple years ago, but we were on a bus ride in wrestling in my freshman year of high school, and uh, we were, I was telling Joe how I was like, oh, I'm going to play college football and this and that, and uh, I was kind of a late bloomer. Like, my freshman year, I think, I wrestled, like, my natural weight was probably around, like, 145, and I wrestled, like, 135, and uh, Joe's like, you're not big enough to play college football, and, like, that's all I want to do is, like, play college football and play in the NFL, and... Uh, he's like, no, you got to start lifting and it's not. So wrestling season got over with. And for like my 15th birthday, I was like, I own a gym membership. And so I started lifting and I was lucky. Uh, you know, one of the guys there who, you know, worked there was a lot of like powerlifters and bodybuilders. And he just kind of took me under his wing. And, you know, it's funny, like at that point, I mean, I had to work a job to pay for my gym membership. So like, you know, there's no way, like, it's funny now, like just how far things are and how different like I mean I could have never afforded to pay those dudes to like help me but like they were you know I showed up every day and they kind of showed me what to do and you know it was kind of how it worked back then so it was it was nice and that's I think a big reason why like you know working with EliteFTS.com and stuff why why I feel a big need to like give back is because I know if those dudes wouldn't have took me under their wing and got me started in the right direction like you know, maybe I wouldn't love training as much as I do today or wouldn't be as good as I am today. So, um, basically trained at a little gym in the, like, see a G, under a JC in the basement, under a JC Penny, like it was awesome. <laughs> and so like, it was great. And then that summer, so like I started training that summer, the gym moves, so I helped the gym move and like, basically they were getting the gym ready. So it was in the garage of where the gym was supposed to be. So it was a great summer, man. I was like 15. I'd ride my BMX bike like five miles into town, and uh, had like the old radios, you know, with like the 17D batteries. So yeah. the thing weighed like 80 pounds, and I would like bungee cord it to the front of my uh, BMX bike and listen, like play a tape the whole way riding into town to go to the gym. Just getting <laughs> And then, like, you know, I had to pull up to a garage. Like, there was no bathroom there. There was, like, nothing. Like, you'd just pull up to this garage. And so they'd, like, train for a couple hours. And I'd bring, like, snack, like, lunch with me. <laughs> and then fucking get back on my BMX bike and go home. But, like, uh, you know, I like that summer, man, I, like, hit puberty. I 
played football that year at like 185, and so <laughs> it was so it was it was a pretty big summer for me. So uh, you know, it was funny, man. It was it was you know I put on a lot. Of weight. Obviously, I put on like 40 pounds. So yeah. it was it was a good summer of riding bike and, and eating peanut butter and broccoli. That was always my favorite snack. <laughs> Together? Or? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's great, dude. Just try it. Like, I, like, I, oh yeah, like Jif. Like I didn't know much about nutrition, but I knew that like peanut butter had like fat and protein, and broccoli was good for you. So I just <laughs> ate them together. That's like because that's I just knew that they were both good, and so I combined them. It was it was good. I haven't tried it since, but <laughs> that, but that's what I knew about nutrition. I didn't know anything about nutrition, right? Yeah. Like I knew broccoli was good, and peanut butter had protein and fat, and that's good. Yeah. Brett Burton, that's for you. Yeah. That's a tip for putting on weight. You're going to try that next week. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah. Holy crap. We can give this episode the clickbait title of the, the secret you've never heard of right. gaining 40 pounds. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. awesome. Put on 40 pounds of muscle in, in two months. <laughs> yes, that's that's, that's going to be the clickbait for us. Oh, but, my God. Yeah, so, I mean, and that was, you know, that kind of started the love of everything. And then, you know, it was... You know, just training, and that that's, you know, I've played football, and I wrestled, and then, you know, just it trained, you know, spring, you know, wrestling, we get over, and back to the weight room, and that was kind of the thing, and then I went to college, and I wanted to be an attorney, so I started in, like, a pre-law track, which was, you know, not where I ended up, but uh, <laughs> I did add some run-ins with the law, but that was on the opposite end of that, but... uh so, um, basically, like, my freshman, my two freshman year, I went to Ferris, uh, and they were Division two school. They were rated number one in the country at the time. Actually, right now, they're number one in the country, currently. But uh, they're number one in the country. I played as a true freshman, which was, was pretty cool. We had, like, awesome coaches. Uh, what, uh, what position did you play? So, I got recruited as a linebacker, but uh, then um, they didn't really have... Uh, they had an All-American fullback who had graduated. And the guy who was trying to fill in wasn't doing a great job of blocking. So uh, the offensive coordinator just was like, hey, like, do you want to play? And I was like, fuck yeah, I want to play. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, I do. So it's funny, like, uh, Butch Jones, he's the head coach at Tennessee now. So that was my offensive coordinator. So I spent a ton of time with Butch because I had to, like, learn the offense in, like, a week. Like, <laughs> he was like, all right, like, you block this guy. Just run him over. And so that was pretty much my whole, what I had to do. So, but, yeah, so then I, that winter I went skiing and blew out my knee. And oh. so, uh, you know, it was awful. I mean, I, it, I tore it pretty pretty bad. So I had ACL reconstruction, had to take a med red shirt. And uh, getting back, like, our athletic trainer, I uh, spent a ton of time in the training room. And, you know, I loved lifting, obviously, ever since that summer, like, when I was 15, like, I just loved lifting and training and, uh, you know, but most of my knowledge had come from either the guys in the gym or, like, Iron Man or, you know, any of the, the magazines, like, you know, that's that's where you learned everything from. And uh, so then uh, the, the athletic trainer, this guy, Dave Lucy, he started giving me books that were the science side of things more. And... You know, then I came back from my rehab and I was stronger, faster, like, and I was like, man, there's something to like putting a little bit of science, you know, to all this. So starts with an S. It's yeah, good. it's great. Yeah. So, it's yeah. Good. So, I mean, that was really like that blown out my knee, you know, maybe if I wouldn't have blown out my knee, maybe I'd be an attorney somewhere. I don't know. But, uh, it just made me fall in love with the science side of it. And so after that, I changed programs and, uh, 
you know, decided I wanted to be a strength coach. And so that was kind of from there that that's, you know, kind of grew. And eventually I had to transfer schools because they didn't have an exercise science program there. So I tried like applied biology. I tried um, corporate fitness. I tried all this crap that just wasn't a good exercise science. And so I transferred to Wayne State. Uh, that had a, a really good uh, exercise science program. Um, got my degree there. I was a strength coach there. Uh, and then went down to Kentucky and was down there. So um, really it kind of all started with just like someone telling me I wasn't going to be big enough to play college football. Uh-huh, and wild. now it's turned turned into all this. So it's pretty crazy. So when did you uh, first compete in powerlifting? I competed in powerlifting. So uh, basically it's kind of – so I went to – I transferred to Wayne State – when I transferred to Wayne State, I started dating a girl that ran track at Ferris, which was like, I was at Ferris, didn't date her, moved three hours away. Like, hey, let's get a girlfriend three hours away. That's <laughs> so then, like, so we dated, like, throughout the year, and then summertime came, and, uh, you know, I just, I don't know, I'd always kind of moved a couple away, a couple of, like, the summer before, I lived in Connecticut, just with a guy I played, like, and so... Uh, she was like, well, hey, my sister's training at the Olympic Training Center, and so my parents have a house, and they're coming home for the summer, so no one's going to live in this house in Green Mountain Falls, which is, like, beautiful. And she's like, so we can live there for free if you want to move there for the summer. And I was like, fucking sweet. So, <laughs> yes. like, so, like, basically packed up my little grand am and fucking had, like, $300 in my pocket, and... We moved to Colorado Springs for the summer, so it was great. I got to spend time at the Olympic Training Center, and, um, you know, it's funny. So, do you know Travis Mash? Yeah. So, okay, so this is weird. So, this is summer of 2000. So, I started powerlifting. I was still playing college football. So, I moved there. Travis was the gym manager at, like, the world gym, and so... Uh, Jackie, who's my girlfriend's sister, she, she trained at the OTC, but then she knew Travis because Travis was doing some Olympic weightlifting and like yeah. Wes Barnett worked there. So then that's like who like kind of taught me how to first like Olympic lift was him. And then like Travis was there. And so my girlfriend was like a front desk girl at the gym. And then I did door to door sales and sold Travis like some. I don't know, Papa John's coupons or some shit, whatever we were selling. <laughs> and he was like, dude, you want to do gym sales? So then I worked. So the gym, it was like, it was me, Travis, and Jason Coker all at this gym. Like, Jason, like, worked in the back, like, in the climbing thing. What it was like a helping hell? thing, whatever. It's the most random. Like, <laughs> none of us were there for, like, I was just there to, like, hang out and, like, learn some shit at the Olympic Training Center and bang my girlfriend all summer. And, yeah. like, you know, and, like, Travis was like he just was like the gym manager there and Jason was just working in the climbing room like it was the most random collection of whatever so it, it was crazy like so I kind of I was like oh I really love this Olympic lifting stuff and like uh Travis it was funny Travis was like man your bench is so strong because I had like I think at that point I already benched like 500 so like I was like you know I don't know like 21 at the time or whatever so um, he's like, man, he's like, your bench is so strong, your power lift. And I was like, oh, I love like this Olympic lifting stuff. Because that's kind of, that was like what everybody kind of did around me. Yeah, so, one you, in room, yeah, right? like, so, um, but then, like, I got back to, uh, I kind of went back, finished my last year of football, and uh, then, um, so I was doing the strength coach stuff at Wayne State, 
and uh, the guy that I was working with at Wayne State, Doug Osaya, um, Doug uh, got, he played football in college with the head guy at Kentucky, so Doug's like, hey, so the open position opened up, and then I went down there to interview, um, and so it's just so random, like, just how all this shit happens, but uh, I go down there to interview, and so there's two guys that were in there, said Wendler, uh, was working there, and then another dude, Kevin Dewey. So they're in in the weight room training when I went down there to interview, and I'm doing like over on the platforms, and I'm doing like weightlifting stuff, and they're powerlifting. And of course, when there's like, oh, that's gay, and like, <laughs> you know. So then, like, he starts talking to me about like, uh, you know, like uh, about like West Side and Lead FTS and Kanji and all this stuff. And at that point, like, I didn't know about any of that stuff. So, of course, like, I went home and started, like, reading everything. And so, uh, just random, like, it, all this shit's so random. Like, it, it really, like, honestly, like, the one thing I always tell, like, our interns and stuff is just do shit. Just go places, do shit, just random, like, because it just expands, like, your whole... So, I started reading about this. So I'm like, okay, great. So, this is, like... No, it's, it's like 2001, maybe, I think, or two, 2001, I think it was. And so then I went down, uh, I went down and did like Dave's like tour de force seminar, but it was like at like the old Elite FTS, like it's like little right downtown London, like tiny office, like, you know, so you're in like 800 square feet and you're like squatting next to like a, a desk, like, you know, <laughs> like it was good, but like. That was, like, this random stuff. So, like, I went down and did that, and then I went to this seminar in Vegas. Uh, and so, again, it's something that, like, one, I probably couldn't afford to go to because, like, I was, like, you know, working, like, you know, I didn't have much money. I'm, like, college. just like So, but, uh, so it was bouncing. So <laughs> I was, like, I want to go to this conference, but I was, like, can I really afford to go to Vegas and go to this conference? So then, like, you know, it's, like, oh, okay, well, maybe if I just – I know these guys who run this after hours place and if I'm in charge of the nicest tank, I know that I'll make a lot of money. And so then it's like, all right, we do what we got to do to make money to get to this conference. And it's, I, you know, so I show up to this warehouse and this dude's like, all right, if the cops come, you got to run with a nitrous tank. I'm like, all right, whatever. Not really. But like, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, but it's just you know, like crazy. Like, so I go to I get the money. I go to Vegas and it's Mel Sif and Louie. And so, it's like in the basement of like the Venetian. It was like literally, it was like in a storage closet. And like, <laughs> but it was, uh, so, so I go to this thing and I, I'm new to all like, you know, I'm like just trying to, I'm like, I'm just, it's like, feed me. Yeah. It's like someone with like mouth open in a fire hose. Like yeah. I just, am trying to take in as much as I can. And like, so at that, so that's like the first time I met Louie. And then like, I've seen Mel Seth, who was a weird dude, smart as shit, but holy fuck, that dude was weird. Um, but then, like, at so at this seminar, I still do too. I'm good friends with today. So it was like Buddy Morris, Joe Ken, uh, Mark Uyama, like all these guys that, like, <laughs> basically, we just that's like uh, Mark Bell, like, all it was just a random click. So it's been a weird, like, just random, like, collection. And like, the deal in Colorado Springs was just. I don't know how that like Trav and I we still talk about like how that happened it's like how so that crazy. Happened. it's like and the stock boy bench is nine hundred now so it's what? yeah like, what it, it was just random so like uh, well like that's what I saw at like we Elite FTS had the performance summit thing like last and 
it was funny. I went out to, to breakfast with Buddy, and we were talking, and like Joe, so we were just talking about all the people that were at that little thing, and it was small. Like it was literally like in a storage closet, and it was Mel Sif and Louie, and it was like 15 years ago. But like all those like Milo, like all those guys that like, we still talk and like see each other, and I mean I probably talked to Mark Young. He's the head strength coach for the 49ers, and like I talked to Uwe probably. You know, at least probably at least once a month, if not almost every week, I talk. We still talk, so it's just funny. So, I mean, kind of it was just kind of that love and just kind of grew and, and met people. And, um, you know, then I, I was I got the job at Kentucky. Um, and so I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna do a meet, I'm gonna do a powerlifting meet. And I started, uh, so I trained for that. Uh, my first powerlifting training partner was Evan Simon, who like. He had never done it before either. So really, like, we just were kind of reading and doing everything. And uh, Evans, he's the head strength coach at uh, Oregon State now. So, like, he was at Wisconsin and left with Anderson to go to, to Oregon State. But uh, so we trained for this meet. And, like, I got I got my bench shirt, like, a week before the meet. And, like, <laughs> you know, like, I did I had no clue what I was doing. Uh, but we went up and we did. So Evan and I went up. We did the meet up in, uh, it was, like, in Zanesville. It's, like, not too far outside of Columbus. And so, like, I went up there and I beat everybody from West Side. So, like, after the meet, Louie's like, uh, hey, we want you to come down to Columbus and lift with us. And I was like, fucking cool. And so, like, I literally put together, like, uh, I, I mean, that was it. Like, I did my first meet. I think I totaled uh, 2160. Jesus. And, uh, you know, like. <laughs> good, good, uh, way to, good way to pop the cherry right there. So, Double 21. So, um you know, like, I, I really, it was, it was kind of a new world. Like, I mean, I just, I, like, went and, like, it, it really legitimately, like, at this point, like, I literally was, like, 21 seconds, like, is that good? I don't, <laughs> I, don't I was, like, I was, like, I don't know, like, is that okay? Like, I mean, that was literally, like, I just didn't know. I was dumb. And uh, it was funny because, like, when I didn't go to West, and then I went to West Side, to, to, basically, I wrote a pros and cons list. Butch Jones was at... Uh, he was at Central Michigan at the time. So Butch was like, hey, why don't you come up and be the strength coach for us? And then Louie invited me to train at Westside. And so I sat down with the pros and cons list and was like, go to Central Michigan, which puts me close to, like, family, my girlfriend, like, all that stuff, or move to Westside where, like, I, who the fuck knows what's going to happen. I just want to be really strong. So I did decide to do that. So... Um, Pretty short list. <laughs> yeah, it was. This one will make yeah. me really strong. I'll do that one. Yeah, it was. I mean, and that was it. And so, uh, I so I moved. You know, I moved to Columbus, and it was. I mean, I was at Kentucky, so like you know, and you're, you're like GA stuff. Like you're, you're, you got no money, and so like I moved there. And when I moved to Columbus, I lived on uh, Matt Smith. He had a, like a one bedroom apartment, and I lived on his couch for like three months. Oh, my God. in a one bedroom apartment, it was fantastic. With Shrek, it was yeah. it was great. It was great, and it's funny. Like so, I mean that, and that's what I did. And like, you know, you just kind of. I think it's funny. Like everybody bitches about like, oh, it's not the ideal this and the ideal that. It was like, I moved to Clon. I mean, like I was living on a couch and somebody's basically like. Literally, like, I went up to train at Westside, and I trained with everybody for a weekend to see what it was like, and that was as much as I knew Matt. 
And then I was like, I need a place to stay. Like, you sleep on my couch. Okay. Like, that's literally, like, <laughs> like, like, I, like, I mean, not for nothing, but I didn't know Matt any better than, like, I just meeting someone downstairs for, like, ten minutes. Like, that was it. And he was just like, yeah, you can live on my couch. I was like, all right. And so, like, I moved to Columbus in, like, a grand am. Like, that's everything I had. And so, like, I just, I remember, like, I brought, like, I brought a bowl, a, a frying pan, like a wooden spoon and a, and a <laughs> fork. And that was like everything I own in like clothes. Like but that was like all I needed, right? Yeah. And so, uh, and then like, and so I moved there and I have a job. And so, uh, like, uh, so Jerry O, who like, you know, trained at Westside, who's, Jerry O's like, I get you a job. So for like the first three months, I lived on a couch in a one bedroom apartment and drove escorts around. And so that was, that was, it was not an ideal training environment, but it, it worked. Like it was kind of, it actually was nice. Like so you worked at night. So then you just kind of slept and then they had to, to take a girl somewhere. You took her and then you came back and went back to sleep. So, but yeah, it's just, it's a random collection of stuff, man. But it, it's, that's kind of how I think how powerlifting is, man. It's just all like. Just total randomness, but that I think that's how people in powerlifting are. Like you meet them and they're like, "Yeah, you sleep on my couch. I'll get you a job. It's cool." Yeah. Like that's just I think that's one of the things that my experience in the in the weightlifting community with the limp lifting and stuff. It's it's not like that. Like in my experience, it just wasn't that open and like it wasn't like everybody just like, "Oh, you can sleep on my couch and I'll get you a job." And like where powerlifting, I feel like everybody. You know, everybody bitches now about people fighting online. And there is more of that now than there was before. But, like, I think at the heart of it, when you go to meets and stuff, everybody's always helping each other. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that stuff you see online, I'm not saying it's fake. But, like, those aren't the people who make the sport. Like, the people who make the sport are at the meets who are competing. Who are like, oh, I don't... Like, my first meet, like, I didn't didn't even know I had no clue how to wrap knees or... Like, I had no clue how to do any of that stuff. And, like, people just helped. And that's, you know, like... Dave, like, you know, like, he helped and, like, all, you know what I mean? Like, guys that I didn't really know well at the time and, like, I think that's what, what I love about powerlifting is, is that side of it that I don't feel like you get, in a, you know, you go to a meet and everybody's, like, benchers, people are helping each other and, you know, like, I don't feel like you get that and, and I never got that in, in the Olympic side and, and the personalities are different and, you know, so it's, uh, it, that, I think that's what I love about powerlifting most, but. Uh, yeah, how I got into it was just really because because Wendler said that it was gay to do anything else, <laughs> and, and, and then no, but he introduced me to everything, you know, like Kanye and all that stuff, and then I just started studying it and met everybody, and kind of did that yeah. first meet, and I was hooked from there, and then moved to Columbus, and um, you know, it was it was great. So I mean, then actually Dave, I started working where Dave worked before he started Elite FDS, so like he was like, hey, I used to work at this place. And it's a lot of good people and whatever. It's like a business club. And so I went up there and got a job up there and basically took over his job. And I have in my possession, not right here, but in my office, I was cleaning up the desk when I got the job. I have Dave dollars. They are, they are from when Dave was personal training at this place. And they have his photocopied picture on dollars. And they're for free personal training. And they say Dave dollars. And it's got his face, 
like superimposed into like oh, a dollar bill. God, that's and at hilarious. some point, I am gonna put them up for sale. That would because be they are amazing. That they is are so amazing. Funny. It would be awesome to be there to see his reaction when someone tries to reimburse him. I want to see someone pay for like a rack, like a monolith. Can I pay for a monolith in Dave dollars? Yeah, I have nine Dave dollars. What's the conversion rate right now on Dave dollars? I know Canadian to U.S. currency, but I'm not sure on the Dave dollar currency. They're a lot more rare, so it's got to be a big, it's got to be a high high conversion rate. So on Power Earth, we have two signature segments. The first one. is what the hell were you thinking? So basically what it is, you want to tell a story of uh, something that when you look back, you're like, what the hell was I thinking doing that? Oh, I got so much stuff. And you have told me a lot of them that we probably shouldn't air. So let's... <laughs> <laughs> something that... Uh, okay, I'll give you one that, like, no NC-17. one can get in trouble for <laughs> anymore. And, uh, like... So I okay. So after I hurt my so this one, I still to this day I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? So perfect. Yeah, like, exactly. What we're looking for. It, like so okay. So after I got hurt, I went to a lot of different people and was trying a lot of different things to get back. And uh, so like randomly, like Louis, you know, he's as screwed up as anybody. Yep. And so he there was like this doctor, I think, and so. I mean, he had scrubs on, so I'm sure he was a doctor. But, like, we basically, Louie takes me to this, like, nondescript, like, building in Columbus. Like, in just this random, like, not great neighborhood. And it's like an office of some sort, like a doc's office or something. And literally this guy's like, oh, Louie's like, yeah, this, guy, this guy's helping me with my neck or whatever. So, like, we go in, and, like, I literally don't ask any questions. Like, I'm just like, all right. And so... I don't know what what it what, but like the dude's like, all right, you're gonna lay down. So he basically gets this huge needle out, and he injects it into my spine, and I let him stick the needle into my spine. I don't have no clue what he injected. To this day, I couldn't tell you what he injected Jesus into my spine. Christ. And like, I didn't ask. Like, one, I don't even know if the dude was a doctor. I don't even know. <laughs> like, but I just laid down. I was like, all right, Louis said I'll do it, so I'll just do it. And so like, I literally just lay in this. And it wasn't, like, a sterile environment. Like, you're just in, like, a waiting room. Or, like, you know, it's, like, a normal, like, you go to the doctor, like, you're sick. It was, like, a room like that. And, like, so I just laid on the table and let this dude inject my spine with this huge needle. Couldn't tell you what he put in there. But I didn't die. And I was still <laughs> so, but, like, still to this day, I'm like, what the fuck? Oh like, 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 someone, if one, somebody came to me at this point in my life and was like, all right, so I'm going to go to this building. There's no signs on it. And it's not in a good neighborhood, and there's people in there, and they're gonna inject something directly into my spine with like probably a needle that was probably used on a horse already. Uh, <laughs> is that cool? <laughs> no, that is not cool. Like it's your oh. spine. You probably shouldn't let someone stick a needle into it. Oh, but, that is hilarious. So that is yeah. That one still to this day, I don't know. Why? But, you know, basically it's one of those things where I was, like, in a lot of pain. And I was like, I want to fucking lift and, and compete. So I'll do, I'll let some random guy stick a needle in my spine. Oh, that's amazing. So, yeah. And it's crazy, too, because, like, it was, like, I mean, at the time, like, I was seeing, like, Serrano and stuff. It wasn't like I didn't have a good doctor. It was just, like... Louis said, let's go to this place. And I was like, all right, yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so note for everyone listening, powerlifters, try new things. 
Don't try letting random people stick stuff in your spine. <laughs> that's that's not, a new thing to that's not a new thing to try. That's not a new thing Speed, to try. It's been from, Yeah, learn from JL's mistake. No random things in your spine. Well, nothing bad happened from it, so... <laughs> I mean... He well, so came back, right? So, maybe yeah, it worked. You know? uh, so, the other thing... That was the best one. I don't, even, I don't know how to top that. Uh, the other one is... What the fuck's your problem? So in this one, we want to give you a, a little bit of time so you can rant about um, something in, like, let's say, the strength and conditioning world that's, that's uh, pissing you off, and we want to give you a, that form to, to let loose. I, I think the biggest what the fuck is your problem is, why are people so fucking scared of the deadlift? Like, I don't know what... It, like, I just think in general, like, all the basic lifts, like, everybody's trying to repackage and sell everything now. Because of, like, internet marketing and whatever, like, everybody's trying to sell stuff. So, they change the names of things and do whatever. But the deadlift, for some reason, like, when you look at, like, whether it's, like, uh, collegiate strength conditioning programs, professional program, like, no one's deadlifting anymore. And it's, like, everybody's scared of it. I mean, shit, you go to a lot of commercial gyms, you can't deadlift yeah, there. Yeah, like, yeah, you're not here. It's outlawed. <laughs> so, I mean, that one, that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves is I just don't. And in that same vein is people be like, oh, yeah, we deadlift. and But they trap bar deadlift, which is two different. It, it's a totally different. Like, it's not a fucking deadlift. It's a trap bar deadlift. But people are like, oh, yeah, I deadlifted, like, 500. And be like trap like that's not even that's not a thing and so like it, it just makes me angry like that people are so scared of the Dallas because I think it is one of the greatest movements and I don't know why people are so scared but but going with the whole like renaming things one of the things I say all the time why the fuck do people call it a back squat <laughs> it's a fucking squat like it's always been a squat you, there's front squats and they're squats. Why the fuck do people... I've, in, in my life, I've never been like, you know what? Those are some nice front titties. <laughs> we all know where they're at. Like, there's no confusion to where tits are. If someone says squat, you should know it's on someone's fucking back. They have to denote... Fr- now, if there's a really fat dude, you know, he's got back titties. You have to denote the back titties. Yeah, because you know they're not in the normal spot. That's not the normal spot. spot. Like, that's not right. Yeah, exactly. That's why you say a front squat, because a normal squat's on the fucking back. Everyone knows where it is. It's a squat. It's Why do people say back squat? It's the most annoying shit in the world. Like, it's a fucking squat. Like, I, dude, that one gets me. I don't... I don't when people do that, when everyone says back squat, I'm like, you fucking don't squat very much. Yeah. Like, you, you know what? You know, no one's ever like, you know what? I did a thousand pound back squat. Yeah. No one, you guys, you'll never hear that said because anybody who says back squat's probably squatting nothing. So, yeah. but anyway, so those are my kind of what the fuck are people thinking? I don't know. That one is fucking so annoying. Yeah, it's fantastic. All right, so that's gonna that's gonna wrap us up here for. Uh, the strength portion of the program. Uh, we'll give JL more time to talk in the next one. Uh, I want everyone uh, thank everyone. Thank uh, Sheena at EliteFTS.com uh, who keeps posting our stuff. So hopefully you guys keep listening. Keep going over to Elite FTS. Uh, buy stuff. Tell them I sent you. Or try, to, try to tell them see what the exchange rate is on Dave Dollars. Yeah, try to use <laughs> Dave Dollars. Uh, check us out on PowerNorth.ca. Thank you.